My, my idea at this point in my life of an ideal fame, if you want to call it that, would be that I had a engaged enough fan base that when I put out something, I didn't have to sell it. That they would be excited and that they would know about it by nature of me mentioning it or that they were, you know what I mean? I, it, yes. It, so, so, so I guess I'm saying my level of fame is when I get to stop being a, a, a self-promoter. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame. Episode 29, I'm Jamie Berger. Before we start the fun part of today's show, I gotta hit you up for a little help, either financial or internetal. If you're the kind of person who chips in to the Kickstarters of artists whose work you appreciate, Think of this as one of those albums or books or films, because that's really what it is. There are two ways to donate. One is by going to patreon.com slash 15 minutes Jamie Berger, one five minutes Jamie Berger, at which point you can choose an amount to pledge per episode. That is, every time there's an episode, you'll get a note saying that you pledged a dollar or $30 or $300, and it will be grabbed from you. You could stop that pledge at any time you want. You could raise it. You could lower it, but I don't think you can lower it below a dollar. And it's a great way to both chip in and Give Ed and me a little pat on the back every time we make an episode. Probably making about 35 this first year. So that would be a pledge of $35 if you pledged a dollar. But again, if you pledge more or less and decide that you can't swing it or you can swing more, it's very easy to change. That's one way. Another way, if you go to our website, 15minutesjamieberger.com, You'll see that one of the posts is two ways to chip in. So you can go there and learn how to chip in. And on top of that post is info about the Patreon and a cheesy little video I made with Anya. And if you scroll down, there's a yellow PayPal button. But I believe it could be even simpler than that if you're a PayPal user. In that you could just log into your PayPal and make a donation of one to infinity dollars and send it to the email address 15 minutes jamie burger at gmail.com and i will spell that out even though i do every week because if you're sending money it's important to get the address right that's the numerals one five the word minutes m-i-n-u-t-e-s 
J-A-M-I-E-B-E-R-G-E-R at gmail.com. If, however, you're not a person who donates to such things, like a friend's album or book or film, and you prefer to give every extra dollar you have to the ACLU, I hear you. But you like the show and you'd like to help. Here are a couple of ways to help more people listen and to thus help people who might add us to a network or want to sponsor us, see how many listeners we have. You can like and repost posts on Facebook from us. You can like, or you can like and retweet tweets at 15minsjamieb. The last thing you can do that is annoyingly important and that I mention every show is you can rate and review us on iTunes even if you're not an iTunes user for this kind of thing. If you have an iTunes account, log in, search for 15 Minutes Jamie Burger. If you Google how to rate and review a podcast on iTunes using an iPhone, using an iPad, using a, using a PC, using a Mac, you will find out simple steps how to rate and review a podcast. If you have enjoyed my conversations with John Hodgman, Tim Lockfeld, Mark Berger, Case Hudson, Annie Duke, Lois Parkinson, Monty Belmonte, Hardy White, Matthew Letkowitz, Soren and Dave, Daniel Oppenheimer, Penny Lane, Andy Zeisler, Sarah Jaffe, Eugene Merman, Jessica Abel, Anya Schutz, Lindsay Mace, Anjali Malani, Malani, sorry Anjali, Andrew Leland, Tina Antolini, Nora Murphy, Gordon Giebert, Cameron Bossert, Maeve Higgins, David Brock, Neil Pollock, George Saunders, or Shanali Bomick, and you want more, Please do it. Please do it. Please do it. Thank you. My guest today is Tom Papalardo. Tom does a lot of things. He's a writer. He's a graphic designer. And a drawer. And a painter. And a musician. I have recently read two books of his, although the occasion of this podcast uh, matches up with his recent release of One More Cup of Coffee, uh, which is subtitled A Book About Sitting. It's a book about sitting in cafes and watching people and judging coffee, and it's really fun. Uh, Another fun book is a book of comics and writings called Everything You Didn't Ask For. Tom is a long-standing and stalwart artist in the community of artists here in our Pioneer Valley, which they're attempting to rebrand as West Mass, but no one seems to like that idea. And no one seems to call it the Happy Valley anymore, maybe because there's not much to be happy about these days. Tom and I re-recorded 
because he was the first person I ever recorded for this, and I naively thought I could, with my little Zoom recorder, record our two-hour conversation in a cafe. It sounded awful. And then some six months later, on the occasion of the release of One More Cup of Coffee, we sat down in his nice, quiet home studio for a chat in February. So, Tom, it's good that we waited because your your fame has skyrocketed in the Valley, uh, at least outside of, you know, I don't know your, your history, but your, your book uh, has gotten a heap of attention lately. It has. I've, but, you know, it's gotten attention because I've had a thing to push to people, you know, reviewers and... Right. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm generating a lot of it because I have a thing worth generating that for. So, so it's, I'm just saying, it's not like, uh, it's not like I'm being carried around on a... Is it humility or is it, or is it false humility? Listener, you can be the judge. There is some reference to being a middle-aged white man wanting attention from the world. And I'm, but the fact is that you are in a, in a moment of, of having a moment. I'll give you that. Are you enjoying it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a, as a creator, as a person who is always making things and putting them out into the world, you know, built into that is, is self-promotion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I used, you know, so over the years, you know, I've, I've been interviewed and had little profile things and it's all good. And I, and I used to have this kind of rule in the back of my head, uh, which is I should get interviewed at least once a year. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Not me seeking interviews, but people seeking me out. Yes. Because if a whole year goes by and no one cares about what I'm doing enough to ask, (laughs) then obviously I'm either not pushing my stuff out well enough or it's not good enough stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I use I use that little measure of fame as a, as a barometer of like, you know, yeah. as, as a comic artist and, yeah. and now as a writer where it's yeah. just like whatever. So, so I'm way up right now. Yeah. You know, I'm all set for 2016. Yeah. Looking good for 2017. Yeah. What's what's in the, you know, I got this, this podcast. This is it. <laughs> that's true that's true you're covered you've sought me out so i did i sought you out for a long time you were pretty um you were a little you know hard to, to pin down too hey was that by design hey how many times did you get sick that's true I got yeah really sick. that's true so these were published individually first yeah it was just yeah a it was just a facebook okay. page okay. so it's just a, a weekly post mm-hmm. and you're also yeah this is a testament to doing shit yourself, telling people about it, and then publishing it yourself. Yes. Did you try? Did you did you try? Did you query anyone? Did you try no. to sell? No. No. I. I mean, I. I've tried my best to market it. You know, like if you read the Amazon description, mm-hmm. I don't push the Western mass angle too heavily. Mm-hmm. I just be like, 
you know, mm-hmm. writer sitting and having coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, it's obviously a very Western Mass centric book. Yes. And I felt like the effort I would need to like pitch that to a publisher, you know, it just, it just felt like it was uh, an easier path. Yes. Since I'm a graphic designer and I enjoy designing books and I would be annoyed if they had somebody else design my book, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So in that DIY spirit, mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out because I, I think. I don't know. And, and I can't tell. If, I honestly don't know if this is self self-deprecating, I, but I think it probably has a limited audience. And I know I've had people from out of the area who've really enjoyed it. So I know that that's wrong a little bit. But it's I don't know. I, because I'm weak on marketing for, for all my big talk. I, you know, like I don't know how to sell, sell and promote the things that I make very well. <laughs> I get too caught up in it. And yet I, I think you've done an awfully good job with this one. I feel like it's Thank getting you. a lot of you know, deserved attention in our valley. And I think maybe... It could reach to the Berkshires and the Boston Globe. Here's the question, though. Sure. Aside from sales, mm-hmm. you know, which I'm sure isn't going to change your life, the sales of yeah. this book, if you got it in the Boston Globe. Why do I want a lot more people to listen to this podcast? And why do you want the bo- Why? Why do we? It's about this area. You're, you're, people are appreciating it here. And yet we, we want more. Mm-hmm. Why? And that's that's kind of what I that's kind of what this exploration is about. Yeah. Um well, I think it's I think it's very demoralizing to be a creator uh making things and you feel like no one's reading it. And then you get people to read it and then and you get good feedback and then it's like, "Oh, well, now I want more people to read it." <laughs> you know. It's a very I mean, I, I've, I've come up through like, you know, indie comic zine culture where like you make, th- you know, I think the idea of making things for your own joy is, is totally legitimate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's the way I try, that's the way I try to be when I'm in the creative mode. But then once creative mode's over and you have a product and then it's just like, I sure would like it if other people saw this besides, you know, yeah. me and my girlfriend or, or you know, me and my five friends. Yeah. Um, and so that, that desire to push beyond your circle. And when you, when you imagine a dream circle, how big would it be and who would be in it in terms of icons and fa- in terms of your music, your art and writing? Who do you, who do you want to read? In general, who do you want to be looking at your stuff? Mm-hmm. And in particular, um, uh, uh, heroes. My my idea at this point in my life of an ideal fame, if you want to call it that, would be that I had a engaged enough fan base that when I put out something, I didn't have to sell it that they would be excited and that they would know about it by nature of me mentioning it or that they were, you know what I mean? I, it, yes. So, so, so I guess I'm saying my level of fame is when I get to stop being a, a, a self promoter. Yeah. Uh, 
and I think that's like a magical plateau that that would be great to hit because you know I don't enjoy talking about myself I don't enjoy you know mentioning on social media that I've just been interviewed and that check this out you know and yeah I thought of social media when you when you were just saying that and shaking my head because since the podcast started I've tried I've become a little some days obsessed with some days trying to stay dedicated to Twitter because it's the main way to reach people I don't know and it's the most ego destroying social media I've ever seen because you write the funny tweet and because we don't have a built in audience yet I can't I can't recycle it later it's just gone and three people looked at it and I got a like and it's that's very hard And and you know Patton Oswalt one of the best tweeterers he tweets and a million people get it in their feeds. Sure. And 20,000 of them might like it. Yeah. And, and and half his tweets might be mediocre, yes. but it doesn't matter. Right. You know? And the ones that are good get re, get repost, you know, retweeted so you see them. Yeah. Uh, but it's very hard. It, it 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 feels kind of unfair, but the, people like that have worked really hard to build that base and are more comfortable asking for the attention yeah no i i think i think twitter's a lot like shouting into a a a dark void but i think that's also a little bit freeing like i actually do repeat myself now on twitter and i didn't used to um i didn't used to and then i started to but i'd put a little in case you missed it Mm -hmm. kind of acknowledgement that i was repeating myself and then i just did away with that because because yeah. I think the medium calls for it. But yeah, like, you know, whereas f- Facebook feels like mm-hmm. Facebook feels pretty constraining to me in these those last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's where I get the most views and, and attention and things. Me but too. it's also, you know, I feel the need to like not repeat myself and I feel the need to not post too often because the uh, mm-hmm. algorithm tends to not reward you very well if you post like three things in a row, mm-hmm. it's going to pick one. Uh, anyway, the second half of your question was about heroes, and uh, I don't think I have an answer to it anyway. So I'm not uh, nothing off the top of my head. I'm not unless you want to no, la- elaborate on the question. Oh, I, I'm not sure what I music <laughs> you've made. You'd have wanted someone to, or someone did things that people, and maybe people who you respect anyone who has responded to something that you didn't expect or that you were gratified by in your whole artistic? Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really have any examples Mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know. Oddly, the thing that's springing to mind is, uh, there was like a thing in the Valley Advocate, Mm -hmm. uh, last year. And it was like this overall, why we love the valley list article mm-hmm. and it was like they listed me as like you know cool social media person to follow mm-hmm. and i was just like i thought that was really nice and that harkens back to the not having to ask for it hello listeners pardon me for cutting in here but at this point i went off on some tangent you've heard me rant about a million times before so 
I don't have a good transition to where I asked Tom to read for us. And so I asked Tom to read for us, and he did. So this one's called uh, Dull and Unfocused. Everything about the Panera experience is focused on efficiency. I stand alone in a vast open area where lines form during peak hours, next to a big shelf for picking up online orders. There are seven workers behind the counter, yet it still takes five minutes for someone to wander over to the register and take my money. Coffee and a bagel. The coffee dispensers are labeled with the time when the coffee was brewed, which doesn't matter because it tastes horrible. The dark roast says 6.30 on it, I'm just not sure what day. You know how some places make iced coffee by recycling the old hot coffee and it tastes kind of gross? This tastes like that if the old iced coffee was then recycled back into hot coffee again. So I'm not in a bad mood per se, but I'm tired and cold and grumpy and I'm not being caffeinated the way my human adult body sometimes requires. I'm sitting somewhere I don't want to be, drinking weakness. I'm unwilling to change my situation as that would require me to go back outside. So I huddle in the corner, wearing my coat, sitting next to the not-turned-on fireplace, because it's winter and this Panera has a gas fireplace and the goddamn thing isn't turned on. I view this lack of desire to improve my state of being through action as a moral failing on my part. An old man inches towards the trash barrel, taking halting wide-stance steps. He's either got a hip problem or he's wearing a laundry basket as a diaper. Your bagel's ready at the next counter, a worker tells a customer waiting near the registers. The next counter is half a mile away. Hey baby, smile, I shout at the pretty girl sitting near the door, because I've read on the internet that women enjoy this sort of thing. I cement my male dominance of this space, this terrible space with this terrible coffee and its terrible swirly pattern commercial carpeting. I can barely discern her emotional compliance through all the smoke from the fire I've just started in the fireplace. I stuffed it full of cups and napkins and hair. Fuck it. Burn it. Burn everything. This coffee is terrible. Thank you. You want to pick another one or two while I got my brain sit with what we've talked about? Sure. There was, there is, there are the one, a couple of, yeah, if you can think of ones, I think towards the beginning about wanting attention and and fame and someday we'll all be famous yeah yeah yeah, that one yeah Yeah. i know that's the first one yeah uh all right this is called clear skies this is a sip in northampton which is now sadly closed it's a blustery new england morning on main street i inhale a chilly lungful of monday smug in the knowledge that unlike west coast writers i get to use words like blustery I step into sip for a coffee and a bagel. The barista is a talker, and when I tell him my name for my order, he tells me he's a Tom, too, and we have a bonding moment over that. I want to reference Vonnegut's slapstick, but I can't assemble a concise description of the artificial family concept in my as-yet-uncoffeed brain quickly enough, and the moment passes, so I don't mention it. I'm of the opinion that small-talk conversations are like space shuttle launches. There are narrow windows of clear skies, And if you don't fire the boosters, you lose your chance, millions of dollars are wasted, and a bunch of astronauts get mad at you. I sit with my small coffee. It tastes good, so that's good. My bagel's fine, and unlike other establishments in town, it doesn't come with a four-pound slab of butter on the side. The stereo plays the theme song from Portlandia, which I find hilarious. A man takes a photo of his latte. 
Is it on Twitter now, that moment in time, the brief existence of that pretty floating foam leaf? Did people favorite it and retweet it? That latte photo's probably trending right now, trending across the goddamn planet. There's a gray boomer slouched in the window seat watching a video on his smartphone with the volume turned way up. I'm impressed by his goatee and his earring and his cargo shorts and his chili challenge t-shirt. He's doing an amazing job of almost convincing people he's a laid-back, totally hip, non-old person. I try to compliment the exquisite audio fidelity of his portable digital device by shouting across the room, That sounds like a great fun video, does it go any louder? But he doesn't even acknowledge me. Poor old dude. Including myself, there are four other white men with beards and eyeglasses and laptops camped out here. We're all writing clever things, amused by our own cleverness. When will people recognize our cleverness? Someday we'll all be famous writers and we'll be invited to big fancy dinner parties where we'll electrify the room with our small talk, launching rockets of conversation, resting our wine glasses on the decorative fireplace mantle as we fondly recall this blustery, blustery New England morning. Do you take any liberties with details of, in, in editing of describing people? Or The Chili Challenge shirt is just so perfect. <laughs> Uh, what's the question? Was he do, was he wearing a chili? Oh challenge? yeah, he, he, yeah. That was just a, just it was just a dude, and he was just like splayed out. You know, they used to have a, a bench seat on the window, and he was just so in his space. I think he had his foot up, and he was just listening to something cranked on high. And Tom I, is stretched out right now and very luxuriating. And I was just like, "There's a man who's very comfortable with with his." space taking i think a lot of what i do and don't do around famous people is informed by uh i have i have respect for their time and uh and i recognize how annoying it must be to put up with repetition you know, and so it's like, so it's double-edged because it's like, uh, I don't want to go up and say the same thing that they've heard 4,000 times before, but I also don't want to be the the guy who has to say the quirkiest thing possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and thus we are paralyzed. Yeah, and thus yeah. we are paralyzed <laughs> and thus we don't do, you know, um, how much coffee do you have a day? Not a lot. I usually have a, a mug of coffee in the morning and then like a half calf in the afternoon. So I call that one and a half cups of coffee. This could be a bit of a scoop. Yeah. You kind of reveal this. This is not the, the, the impression you you kind of mis you misrepresent yourself a little. I don't think I do. I think people just <laughs> people assume. Yeah, people see the body of work and the name of it, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, you're a coffee fiend," and I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> yeah. You know, I've I've gone through. I mean, I uh, uh, I'm pretty sensitive to caffeine as the years go on. the The way I describe coffee usually is like when it's cold out, I like a warm drink, and when it's hot out, I like iced coffee mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. about, that's about why i'm All drinking right. it you know it so diffuse the scoop there yeah it's no scoop no sorry scoop. it's kind of like the, the the having started this there were certainly a number of people who were like why would you ever want to write about fame you must be obsessed with fame it's like well i think about it but 
now I'm sure now there are people who think that I only think about it. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's a topic. It's a. I I mean, you know, f- for me and this project, and what the project turned into. Uh, I just sort of began to see coffee as this like magical thing that cut across uh, different types of people, different class, just just every you know the the yeah. the fact that you can walk into almost any kind of business mm-hmm. and get a cup of coffee. It's a weird thing, and and you know you go to town fair tire or whatever and you can get coffee while you're waiting and you could go to the diner you could you know like uh, convenience stores and all these places and so it just became a a good common element Mm -hmm. to filter where i would or wouldn't go you know that became that i'll I'll read the uh river valley market one Mm. it's called down in the prius hole River Valley Market, Northampton. It's early on a Monday morning at River Valley Market, and the workers and customers and cash registers are still waking up. I managed to do three things wrong during the simple 20-second checkout transaction. Which way does the stripe go? Wait, this is the wrong credit card. I'm sorry, my pants are caught in the conveyor belt thing. I sit in the quarry cafe with a coffee and a muffin. The coffee's all right. I fear the compostable... What is it? Compostable. 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 <laughs> now it sounds weird. <laughs> we'll leave that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. I fear the compostable. <laughs> <laughs> this makes it real. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did a, I was reading for uh, Bill Dwight's podcast, and I, and I, I suddenly forgot how to pronounce uh, uh, feng shui. <laughs> I was like, feng <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> I fear the compostable coffee cup lid will start composting before I finish my drink. The gluten-free blueberry muffin is fine, except now I just want a bunch of gluten to balance everything out. That's just how I roll. I bought lunch from the hut bar for later, and it ended up costing me $10.71. I'm not good at shopping by the pound, especially when I'm hungry. Everything looks good under a cough shield, you know? I stare out the window because there's nothing else to stare at. All of the Priuses create mesmerizing patterns in the parking lot, which is carved out of an old stone quarry. I don't mean to overfocus on a liberal stereotype, but seriously, there are a shitload of Priuses here. Maybe this is the quarry where Priuses are mined from. An ad on my table promotes a workshop on natural medicine and an earthen oven construction class. My laptop can't connect to the Wi-Fi, forcing me to sit and write and pay attention and experience the present moment. How infuriating. I shuffle back to my car with my lunch and a bag of coffee beans. I have a bag of salted peanuts, too, but let's save that for my next book, One More Sack of Nuts, coming summer 2021. I exit along the high rock wall and wait 500 years for a chance to take a non-suicidal right turn onto North King Street. By the time I'm able to safely pull into traffic, I've run out of gas, deeply regretting not owning a Prius. Thank you. I'm so glad we finally got to redo this. And uh, I love the book. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. 
pardon that abruptish ending. I went off on one of my rants again that you just have to trust me, you don't want to hear it. The Many Splendors of Tom Papalardo can be found at tompapalardo.com. That's T-O-M-P-A-P-P-A-L-A-R-D-O dot C-O-M. All of our episodes can be found at 15minutesjamieberger.com. Please consider going back to the beginning of the episode and doing one of those favors I asked of you there. Thank you. And thanks as always to Ed Patnode for making this sound as lovely as possible. Coming up, episodes with Comedian Abby Crutchfield and another visit with WFMU's Hardy White. And a couple other surprises that aren't official yet. Thanks for listening. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger.